coming up on this episode of the BMW Motorrad Ride and Talk podcast. Sitting down with Reiner Fings, product manager for the new BMW R1300GS. Take a listen. Over the years, I've had the privilege of riding BMW motorcycles all over the world. And the one thing I've come away with is that the only thing more extraordinary than the ride are the people you meet along the way. These are their stories. My name is Sean Thomas, and this is BMW Motorrad's Ride and Talk. To see the first results, the first prototype, it was so, so fine to see what happens there because every part of the company working on this bike took the best components to the bike. Then we, st- we had the first prototype that were really rideable. And uh, I said, this is incredible. Wow. We, we should go in production the next day. Yeah? <laughs> right now. Because I said, I never rode a prototype on a, such a high level. And we all said to us face to face, this is Wow, this is wonderful. This is perfect. There are many important roles that comprise the creation of a new motorcycle, but it's hard to think of any role more critical than that of product manager. Throughout development, this individual works with all of the people involved in the project, shaping the product from a concept to the motorcycle that we as riders ultimately see and experience. This is the role that Reiner Fings has played for many iconic BMW motorcycles, most recently the new BMW R1300GS. Just one day after the worldwide launch of the 1300, Reiner sits down and tells us about his entry into BMW motorcycles and the path that has led to the latest iteration of BMW's most iconic motorcycle. I want to take you back to something you mentioned to me when we met a couple of days ago, and you described yourself as being, I think, 16 years old and living in Cologne and seeing what at the time was the, the first ever R80 G slash S and, and having an impression of that bike at that age when it was brand new and new to the world and adventure riding was not a thing. Can you tell us what your, <laughs> what your impression was at the time? Yeah, when you when you think about the time, the seventies, mm. end of the day, when I when I grew up uh, close to Cologne, and we've been on track with different mopeds, motorbikes, and small things and so on. And and let's say my two wheel understanding was designed. Yeah. I, I I had contact with uh, motocross and something. Yeah. And this being two hundred fifty cc, sure, four hundred cc micro and everything. These were real off road motorbike, motocross motorbike, sure. and loud and everything and power and so on. And we were very very excited about this. Then there came Yamaha XT five hundred and the Honda XL three fifty and yeah. so on. These were our motorbikes, sure, and these were big motorbikes in our understanding. <laughs> yeah. And then I came in in nineteen eighties exactly yeah. to Cologne to the at this time called IFMA. International motorbike and uh, bicycle fair, and there was a company called BMW. Uh, no BMW from the car side because my my father did car racing ah. with BMWs, yeah. and I see they named this bike <laughs> an off-road bike, yeah. a world tour off-road bike, something like this adventure and everything. <laughs> so the bike was placed the eighties G slash S in the middle of some stones and something else, and. Yeah was interesting, like the pictures they, they or we, <laughs> spread in this way, like marketing. And I said, yeah, <laughs> that's their understanding. But at the end of the day, the customer of BMWs and so on at this time, 
police bikes were yeah. were the thing that mm. you noticed around. Yeah, sure. when you're going with your manipulate moped, yeah, always BMW police bikes were in front of you or yeah. behind you and <laughs> followed you and everything. And uh, the other BMWs were with big fairings and everything, not a bike that is going off-road, it's going sure. for touring or something. And then was this big, this huge motorbike. Yeah. And we said, okay. And then came the Dakar, Paris-Dakar yes. motorbikes. And then I asked me, it could not be possible, the bike that I've seen there. Right. And on the other hand, the bike that is winning the motorrad Paris-Dakar, yeah. could not be. But at the end of the day, that was the base. And that yeah. was a time I started to think about, maybe it's not <laughs> so bad to have this idea to combine <laughs> this, let's say, performance, off-road performance, what you can do for touring, off-road riding, and touring capability that it's by cut, yeah? It's so interesting to have that impression of this giant motorcycle, which at the time was an 800cc bike, but, but that was way bigger than anything else that went off-road. And and look at that thing and go, wow, that's a lot bigger than the dirt bikes. But of course, now, even today, over 40 years later, you still hear people say, like, oh, you can't take a big bike off-road. And you, of course, from personal experience, know, like, you can look back to that moment and go, you know, I used to think that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the that Dakar was a very interesting milestone for the for the GS, um, bringing it into the limelight as something that could really perform in that world. Where were you in terms of your employment with BMW in the eighties? In the eighties, I mentioned uh, we did the auto car racing, mm -hmm. and my dream was being once a time at BMW working as an engineer there. Mm. Okay, that was that was the thing, but. Let's say I've been more on the car side and I noticed the motorbike side, but the motorbike side in the mid of 80s, BMW started with the four-cylinder and three-cylinder brick. <laughs> the K1 bikes. and what yeah, have you. Yeah. Uh, yes, the K100 and yeah. the K75 and so on. Yeah. And then um, that was something it, it gets more beside because mm. these kind of bikes I'm not interested. I, mm. I rode, let's say, uh, two-stroke motorbikes and something. Yeah. And later on, SR500, so one-cylinder, big one-cylinder motorbikes and so on. And I said, yeah, <laughs> maybe once a time <laughs> sure. uh, a BMW would also be. And mm -hmm. then, let's say, at the beginning of the of the 90s, something something changed. Mm. Yeah, something changed because you see then, starting uh, with the F650 and the 1100, mm -hmm. you see the R1100 RS, T-Lever and something. Yeah. Also, again, strange what yeah. What engine, what box engine, high camshafts and everything. Sure. So you thought they're doing something, something is changing, yeah. but it's big and it's huge and it's expensive and everything. Yeah. But you noticed, and for me, most important was technology at this time, catalytic mm. converter, ABS braking system and so on. Mm. So I noticed something is changed, changing yeah. in the in this motorcycle world. Yeah. At what point did you converge with BMW motorcycles and really start working with them intimately? I started in '98 working with BMW. Um, before that, I was working at a at a school for technicians mm. at the, and educated. Mm. And before that, I made my study. I yeah. graduated as an engineer, mm -hmm. technician engineer. Then I had this job card at BMW Motorrad yeah. to be there to doing product training. Okay. So that means. I started in 98 at BMW Motorrad and uh, traveled around the world and showed the technician the technology mm. of new BMW motorcycles. And uh, we dismantled complete. We did the diagnosis and everything. And I learned a lot about motorcycles. And let's say 
I started to understand the the professionality, the function, everything inside of BMW motorcycles is is really really on a high level. '98 was a really interesting time too because we saw the K1200 LT come to the market. We saw the R1200C come to market. You know, which were both bikes that were starting to go in directions that we really hadn't seen. I mean, we had the K1100 LT, but nothing was like the K12 LT. I think it was a monster. By comparison, it must have been a really interesting time to be in that segment. It was more interesting because we also launched the C1. Right. Don't forget the C1. And right. you, I might say I had a, a, a cultural shock because my job was to make the training for the K1200 LT, this 400 kilogram motorbike. Yeah. <laughs> on one hand and on the other hand, we had the C1 and we launched the C1, the one with the roof, the scooter right. with the roof. and. Uh, and in between, somewhere the 1150GS started at this time. Yeah, that was yeah. beside that. The R1200C was still there. And the K1200RS was named as a super sport motorbike. <sighs> and I said, I owned at this time, let's say, an <laughs> Italian super sport yeah. motorbike. <laughs> and I said, okay, you might think so that the K1200RS is a sport motorbike. Once you ride this bike, you think different, but it's huge. It is massive and sure. it's heavy and everything. But you come closer to that. Okay, it's yeah. a special understanding of a super sport motorbike. Yeah. In real, let's say, yeah, I trusted in the company that mm. with these people we are able to go further to do different things in the future. Mm. Coming from the base, this big motorbike, and we have the chance to reduce, to reduce things. Usually, yeah. reduce weight. Makes it more, let's say, from the design side, makes it more, let's say, nice for you, for the eyes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, step by step, I saw then later on, I worked uh, also in the development team for the first R1200GS, so mm -hmm. the K25, and yeah. all K. 2X models, also the HP2, sure. uh, HP2 Enduro, HP2 Sport and everything. Yeah. And that was the time to say this job at BMW with that kind of motorbikes. Yeah. It's a dream. It's unique. That was also another interesting milestone for the GS in particular. I think in the US, it was 2003 and uh, we saw the movie Long Way Round for the first time. And we watched these two celebrities, you know, just struggle to ride motorcycles around the world, but successfully ultimately. And, and suddenly people start flooding in the door going, tell me about this GS thing that you've got going on. And right around then we saw the 1150 GS come out. The adventure was out at that point. It was a very exciting time to be a part of what was going to be the K25 or the hex head GS yeah, as we came yeah, to know. Yeah. I think what you have to understand that the 1150 was a total new developed motorbike. Mm -hmm. And when you go in the past, then you understand that was really the point where we shifted the game. Mm -hmm. We shifted from, let's say, the heavy, heavy touring motorbike to a thing that is more a tool. Mm -hmm. When you go technology in detail, there are some hints for this and six-speed gearbox and everything, electronic system and so on, we changed. But all the time was the thing, more than 250 kilograms weight is not good for a long distance off-road ride. Mm. That was mainly the, the, let's say, the common meaning, common uh, sense. No, yeah, we you need more, not more than 200 kilograms, uh, 200 is, in, is too much and so on to be able to do a trip like this. Yeah. And these people, 
Michel Martin and so on, they they showed it is possible. Yeah. And it is only possible. That was the thing that comes out then. When you get a bike that gives you the comfort that you can, personal, can stay this long distance rides. Mm. Uh, and the other way around, we said, when we want to take care that everybody believes in that, that he is able to do this, we have to do something on the product side, reducing. Mm. And then we came from the 1150 to the 1200, we changed complete, complete new design, everything, of course, boxer engine. Yeah. Uh, but we did a lot of things to reduce the weight. Uh, we cut off things yeah, that were good for many, many years. And we said, no, we will not do anymore. Mm. We leave this and we go in a different way. Mm. And um, yes, you see at, at the end of the day, we increased, let's say, the attention on mm. GS with the 1200 more than ever, more than estimated. And today you see where we are. Yeah. And, the, and the GS in that uh, iteration from uh, the K25, that really stayed with us for quite a while. We saw the dual overhead cam in 2010, but generally speaking, that bike carried us in, until the liquid-cooled GS. And you were a part of that development too, yeah? Yeah. Liquid-cooled was a thing, let's say, when you ride an oil-air-cooled engine and you go in upper performance, then... When you understand something from, from technology, from engines, then you feel that you reach a border. Okay, and you can explain it logically, what is better for cooling and to use water instead of air or oil mm -hmm. is something that is clear. Yeah? Mm. And we, we said, what is the way, what might be the way to, to fulfill all the reg regulations for the future? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Right. And that was the thing where we had to say, yeah, we shift mm -hmm. the game. We go to water-cooled, make it more stable. And on the other hand, the vertical flow mm. of the engine. Yeah. When you see uh, the compromises in the design of the engine, when we, the radial head, the two, the four-valve radial mm -hmm. dual cam uh, yeah. engine that you mentioned from 2010, it's a compromise when you air intake and exhaust and everything. Yeah. And we changed the game and go from upwards to downwards. And this was a revolution. This was really interesting because in the past, you always had to have the exhaust valves facing the front of the bike because you had to cool them. And which meant the intake had to be in the opposite side, which meant it was right where your feet go. Yeah. And we always would look at these big clunky intakes components right by your feet. And then and it wasn't even really that big a deal in terms of how you promoted it. But then suddenly the engine rotated and we have the intake coming in from the top, the exhaust coming out from the bottom. And it just made everything easier, all from that little jacket of water that's cooling in one, the couple little small spots. The benefits are really, really big. Mm. But let's say we've been 50-50 <laughs> to say, <laughs> shall we do this? Or is it a break in, 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 in our hearts, in our boxer hearts, that the flow is different, 90 yeah. degrees turn around? But at the end of the day, you sh you are not able to close your eyes when you look in the future. Mm. Yeah, you have to design, you have to create the future, and the future is you have to fulfill um, the regulations. Yeah, mm. and uh, therefore we said, okay, we bring both together. It's better for ergonomics to have this position. We are will be able to design this. We make uh, when you notice it's the elbow tube to front, yeah. yes, that you come back to that design. But in, we we got so many benefits in this two hundred water cooled engine, mm. uh, integrated gearbox and and yeah. a lot of things inside. 
that we say, no, this package is so good and we change the game from the 1200 oil air-cooled to the water-cooled in a way nobody estimated. Mm. And when you when you ride a bike like this from the first so 2013 bike, you say, yeah, this is a game-changer, not mm. because only of the engine. The engine power and everything, totally different comparing to the old uh, engine. Um, also, let's say ergonomics, design, and all the things, the function, we started with riding modes and so mm. on. So we did not only improve the performance of this engine, we make it more controllable, more rideable for custom, more customer-made. Mm. So that means you are able with the riding mode and controlling systems and so on to operate your bike. I can't imagine being the product manager for the GS, and, and you handle the whole GS family. So we're talking about everything with GS in the name, yeah? And it is such an important and iconic motorcycle. And there are so many opinions just within BMW Motorrad alone on the direction that that bike should go. How the heck do you come up with a path to the product that, may, that you're happy with and that everybody's happy with, given that there are so many different opinions? You, you you need to have a big bag. <laughs> yeah? No, you need to have, let's say, experience. Mm. I think a lot of experience to see what is real, really important. Yeah, and what is the way how you get these really important things through the company. Mm. And I, my opinion is, from my position, is always there. When something is good, mm. it will be there. If something is not so good, it should be not there. Maybe it's too simple, but mm. when, you, when you're talking to people, you have to tell the people, why do you want this? Mm. Why is it good to go in this way and not that way? Yeah. An example, talking about performance. Mm. A lot of people think performance, performance is enough. You have to display 180 horsepower, something like this. It's always yeah. better to have 150 and so on. And I want to accelerate. I want to be the first guy and so on. Yeah, that's maybe true, but on the other hand, to control the bike is much more interesting. And when we talk, to, for example, about performance, I use this, let's say, uh, name, performance, yeah. but most of them talk about, think about maximum output, mm. horsepowers. Yeah. And when, I, when I'm talking about performance, is it the way the bike gives you acceleration? Yeah. And therefore, responsible is not only the maximum output. Therefore, usually, and that's the main thing that helps you to ride a bike comfortable and impressive, is the torque. Yeah. And that is always the, the information. I'm not writing down the performance line. I'm writing down the torque line, starting mm. from low revs that you can control the bike. Mm. And also, riding modes. This is something... That you that helps you to control the bike more. Okay, mm. a lot of people want to go dynamic, but a lot of people are using no modes, changing mode. Yeah. They are still riding in, for example, road. And road should give you the impression of the bike from the base. Yeah. And this is one thing, not the maximum performance. So road should be adjusted, mm -hmm. comfortable. Mm. Not aggressive or something like this. Yeah. It depends. It's different to the, let's say, super sport bikes. Mm. And uh, a lot of more of these things, you should not do the maximum. You should 
see or notice the maximum and you should adjust it in a way yeah. that you are a little bit below and uh, take other benefits out of this. Mm -hmm. And this is a way um, to go this, you have to be a politician yeah. in, in, in any kind. You say, what is the thing the customer is asking for? And when you take, for example, magazines or you ask customers and so on, what is very important for you? What is the thing? And so on. A lot yeah. of people telling magazines, power performance, performance. Yeah. Then you say, okay, yeah, noticed. And then you go back and say, what is the thing? And then rewrite down a little bit less on this and more on that. Mm. And then you ask the people, what is very important for you? Yeah, of course, the performance. Performance is okay. Yeah, the, yeah. the value is good. But it's so relaxing to ride this bike and then you got it right. Because yeah. the relaxed thing that is not on top of the list, yeah, mm -hmm. is that what you make satisfied when you yeah. ride the bike. After 300, 400, 500 kilometers, you get off the bike and you say, I'm relaxed. Yeah. And your friend with the competition bike is saying, okay, no, today, tomorrow we, we, we need to have a one day holiday or something like this. That is the thing um, yeah. that's for me important. And I like to stay... A lot of people trust in me in that in yeah. that case. Some some not. They want to go a different way and mm -hmm. they say, okay, in the middle somewhere we we are. And also with the new GS was the same situation. What is the right direction? And um, mm -hmm. you have to adjust what are the targets. And we took the top points out of this. And on first, second, and third were the things that exactly are impressive mm. that you see today and that was for example not the maximum output for this bike yeah and yet it does have quite a bit more power and it's lighter weight at the same time so you do get that but i, I can certainly understand how other factors has to be taken into account i wonder when you're developing a motorcycle uh, any motorcycle certainly the gs is what are your personal milestones in the development process where you point and go, okay, we've hit this marker. Now it's time for the next chapter. You start really early in the, in the let's say, in the phase where you write down, will it be a boxer engine? Mm -hmm. Will it be something different or whatever? Mm. Will there be a suspension like this, that, or that? Mm. So you start really on, on the scratch mm. and you start putting piece by piece together because you have to understand there is a motorbike that is the sets the pace mm. the 1200 at this time or 1250 mm. we we're working on the 1250 engine yeah. and we started to develop the future sure and then we say yeah we might doing the new motorbike but at the end of the day there's the risk that we did the same only new mm. um this you you might do this it's not so bad to yeah. do this but we had dreams mm. we all of the team and the gs riders internal and so on and a lot of customer of course too but internal we had dreams yeah. what is the right thing what is the right gs and we collected this together with the questions to the customers and so on yeah. what is important for you and so on and then we had a premise set together yeah and then we looked at this and then we said okay now we got it everything on the bench yeah. and we take the most important things yeah and discuss and to it to the top and then we started and that was a very very interesting time mm. because we set the targets that you think when you see that and you see the reality though the 1200 1250 yeah. it is impossible we are not able we will not be able to reach this target mm. but you need to have these targets mm. and then the development 
process started with Gateway Zero, that is the name, and the contract development contracts uh-huh. begins. Yeah. And the premises we defined, yeah, were hand over to development colleagues. Yeah. And then they started to work with it. And yeah. to see the first results, the first prototypes and mm-hmm. everything, and their ideas that they have. Yeah. It was so, so fine to see what happens there because every part of the company working on this bike took the best components yeah. and took his part to the bike. Mm. And uh, then we st- we had the first uh, prototype that were really rideable. Yeah. And uh, I said, this is incredible. Wow. We, we should go in production the next day. Yeah? <laughs> right now. Because I said... I never rode a prototype on a, such a high level. And that was a really, really good performance from the development team, from the project team yeah, and the project leader. Yeah. Um, we all said to us face-to-face, yeah. this is, wow, this is wonderful. This is perfect. It's so provocative to me to think of you sitting in a room with people and asking the question, the new GS, should it still be a boxer twin? I would think there would be a huge argument in the room just by asking that simple question. And then going from that to a sketch, seeing that sketch in a prototype, seeing that prototype getting manufactured a piece of time, hearing the motor start for the first time. I mean, that is massive. This is massive, yes. Um, But on the other hand, more than 43 years, we are responsible for GSs. And uh, of course, you got your product, you got your 1200, 1250 uh, GS, it is working, it is very successful, yeah. and everybody's telling you there's no other bike that compete, and yeah. you're winning uh, the tests and yeah. everything, and uh, then, but you've got a job to think about a new one. Um, then then you're, let's say, a bit of exhausted, um, but... On the other hand, the ideas that are beside the standard work, yeah. these are in the background and, mm. and they're coming forward mm. when you when you think about. But when you want to change something, mm. you have to change. Yeah. You have to change in the first time your mind. Mm. Turn around, think, is it right what you are thinking about a motorbike that is the best for Mm. the customer and so on. And therefore also you have to ask whether the thing that you are doing now is the right thing. Mm. And of course we compared what is best engine type and so on. Needless to say, a boxer concept is perfect for this motorbike. Perfect at the end of the day, but you have to ask. And with that question, we had a chance to think about different. Yes, we say we want to design a boxer engine again, but different. <laughs> and that was the thing. Yeah. Take the stones, turn around the stone and say what is going on. And when you see the design, somatic design of the boxer, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the drive shaft of the cam on before and rear of the cylinder to mm-hmm. make it a symmetric layout, the gearbox underneath the mm. engine, no higher engine, it's compressed the engine and mm. so on. And when you talk about the development people for the engine, mm. 
for them, it's natural to go this way. Yeah. And that gives me the feeling, yes, we know exactly what to do. Mm. And if it would be my role for the future to say again, what is with a new one? Yeah. I would say I trust in this company. I trust in the people that they give me an idea what might be the way for the next steps of this motorbike. Mm. I think it's there's so many things about the new bike that are new that it's easy, I feel like, for some of those things to get lost in the shuffle. Like, it's easy for people to think the 1300 engine is a 1250 that's been made bigger, and it's not. It's a certainly a boxer twin, but it is a totally different motor. And the suspension system on the bike, it's easy to get lost in it and go, okay, it's got a telelever front, it's got a parallel rear, but no, they're quite a bit different than they were in their predecessors. And that stuff was like by you personally, was thought out quite concisely. Yeah. Now, when you think about it, that for me is not my job to, let's say, to develop and mm. find out all these technical details really in detail. Sure. My job is to say, where should the bike be in five years? Mm. And the development colleagues, they deliver the technology or the product. Okay, I have to say, okay, when it's cost like this, we need to have something, yeah, yeah. finance back, the U USP is so high, you, I maybe get more money from the customer for this and so on. Of yeah. course, all these business case discussions we've got. And, yeah. But at the end of the day, you've got a target where you want to be. And the, the colleagues tell us, what is the, maybe the solution they tell us or yeah. they tell us only they've got a solution. I'm not interested in how they do, yeah. but we've got a solution. And they said at this time, and they said, okay, we can solve this. We got these solutions yeah. out, of, out of their box. Yeah? yeah. And then we from the steering team said, oh, this is a lot of money. It is some <laughs> weight and so on. And then they said me, then we asked, what will we get for this? Yeah. And they said, this stiffness and so on and so on. And we said, okay, we bought. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way how we get through, let's say, this step-by-step. Step. That was um, obvious, uh, so visible. Yeah. And other things came, let's say, around during development process. Mm. But we said, where do we want to be? And the development department gives us the solution for this. Yeah. And this is a thing you turn around and, and think about and... I'm been really surprised in some positions that mm. it seems so easy to solve this. Mm. <laughs> so easy to get from, for example, from the colleagues that are responsible to develop the engine. Yeah. Yes, we can reduce the weight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are able to make it more or less complex. Yes, we are able to miss a lot of parts in this engine. <laughs> and I say, what, what, what is the way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but you have to think about the world is turning around day by day. Sure. And also from technology side, when you develop something and when you bring it in production three years after, in between the time, mm. a lot of things have been changed. Yeah. Your decision today is an old decision tomorrow. Yeah, it's an yeah. old solution. So step by step it goes through and the 1250 or the K50 is now 10 years in the market. You have wow. to take respect. 10 right. years, a very successful motorbike. Yeah. So we had a lot of time to think about. Mm. I, I think about how even within BMW Motorrad, you have all of these different 
development teams working on things like the S1000RR, which is always is bringing us cutting edge technology and which we oftentimes see migrate over to other models. We have the touring departments, you know, where we see the R18s and the RTs where they're, they're getting adaptive cruise control that again, get to migrate over. And that says nothing about the fact that this company also makes cars and the cars also have all of their technology. How often are you connecting with those other development areas and gleaning from them things that you might use? I'm connected with people, not with product. Mm. When you see the people, when you understand the people, when you understand how they are, yeah. then you understand a little bit why the products they are working with are mm. different from that that you are doing. So mm. for me, I understanding it's very important to be connected to understand, for example, being on a motorbike side, being mm. on a side where you understand why is a super sport bike a super sport bike and what are their aims, what are their mm. targets, weight, performance, mm -hmm. handling, and so on, and so on, and so on. When you are not able to understand what's going on there, you are not able to separate things. Separate yeah. means I'm responsible for GSs. GSs maybe need some sport. What sport means, right. maybe we are not able to see in the segment, but we can look to the sport segment. Yeah. What is important there? And we can take a piece out of it and use it for us to develop also in a different way. Yeah. There's two motorcycles that you've worked on in the past that share to me a common thread. And that thread is that These were two motorcycles that I can't imagine you expected to be as successful as they were. Like, I know that you work on a bike knowing it's going to sell, but there was a, there was two in particular. One was the R9T and one was the HP2. And these are two bikes that the HP2 is a cult classic and the R9T was an instant classic. Where is your head at when that was happening? Was that expected for you? Let's say both bikes are really from the heart and the, from mm. the soul. Yeah. When you think about, let's say, start with the older motorbike. At yeah. this time, HP2, we got different versions. We get HP2 Enduro, HP2 um, uh, Motor. Mm -hmm. yeah? yeah, both close together, yeah. and the HP2 Sport. Mm -hmm. HP2 was something that we said, we want to go really on the needle of sport, on yeah. the needle of dynamics and mm. so on. And this changed let's say something in a company because people that been in a company they were like or they they liked more dynamic motorbikes yeah they come into front mm -hmm. and they had the chance to show what is inside of bmw motorbikes yeah. especially in boxers what potential is in yeah. there and that was something also like a game changer for us so it yeah. to give the chance to show that the box is not only a touring motorbike it yeah. is a sporty motorbike of course not like a super sport mm -hmm. but you going on a sporty level a lot of customer ask for that was the game of the hp2 yeah. and the consequences where we had the chance to work on this product hp2 enduro for example this 200 kilograms seems impossible to reach it Impossible, yeah. no chance to read it, but we yeah. read it. Yeah, and with a very, very concentrated uh, project, of course, we had a lot of work with a small team, but we did it at this time. Yeah, coming to the ninety. Yeah, the ninety is something that grows out of very, very motivated employees mm. that are doing customizing for private. Mm. They're working on old BMWs and something like this and yeah. doing customizing. And 
at this time, me too, because I, I also been in my workshop, a private workshop, design motorbikes in a way yeah. that's just for me. And I had the boss ask me whether I like to design the, the, the pre-series, the one, the 90 concept at this time. Yeah. Uh, my job was to build the base on the of the, the first 90 yeah. to be presented at the ICMA. Mm. And then we presented this bike and we were all freaked out that this yeah. bike, it was so successful from communication and everything. Yeah. And at this time we said, yes, there is a chance for bike like this because a lot of crazy people like us, our customers, they yeah. will buy it. <laughs> Maybe there is a, there's a good chance to say, okay, a few thousand units we are able to sell. Yeah. But at the time, as I am being a product manager, I never, I never thought or found out or noticed that so much people were, from the emotional side, impressed mm. from a bike like the 90. Yeah. We presented the 90 and a lot of people came to me and said, I saw this bike, I went to the dealer, I bought the bike, and I said, I want to make my riding license. Yeah. Uh, to be able to ride this dream bike from my from my childhood. Wow. And that was a thing that we say, yeah, something was right wow. at this time. Yeah. That is really exciting. When all of the stars align, something wonderful like that happens. Yeah. That's good stuff. So as at the time of this recording, we are one day past the launch of the R1300 yes. And I got to see you once it was launched. I know you were exhausted the day. You're much more relaxed today. Now it's done. I'm sure there's still plenty to do. But what is next for you, Reiner? The next for me? Yeah. Pooh. Coming down, okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, the bike is always the bike before the next one. Yeah. And uh in my portfolio are a lot of, let's say, sisters of the 1300, of course. Yeah. Needless to say, sure. we are working on the products that will uh, create or design the future. Yeah. Uh, some things you might estimate, but some you might think, no. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure that BMW will not launch a bike like this, but we are working on, let's say, interesting ideas. Mm. Also, com from one side, components, and on the other hand, maybe complete motorbikes that will freak out for the future, the, the customers. And uh, yeah, my time will be over. Let's say in one and a half years, I will go uh, retire or wow. retire because, yeah. Well earned. No, it's a long time yeah. to be in the yeah. company and uh, I yeah. enjoy it, yeah. And I'm looking forward for the next time, yeah, to, to bring this on the road. Yeah. yeah. And then I say other people are... Online, yeah, they sure. should w do the work and be yeah. be responsible for for yeah. a lot of very very interesting motorcycles in the future. There's there's people staring at their speaker right now and they're going GS Adventure, HP two. Yeah, <laughs> GS Adventure, of course. There there might be a GS Adventure, <laughs> a big adventure always. Yeah, when 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 you when you. Imagine today we got this K50, K51. We talked yeah. 1250, 1250 uh, GS Adventure. Yeah. Um, of course, the big one is mm. always the, let's say, the one that is impressive and so yeah. on. And I'm sure also like the 1300 GS surprised, yeah. also that one will be a big 
big, big surprise. Yeah. I think we can, uh, at the for the here and now, but we've got some toys to play with. We got the new uh, middleweight GS series that just came out. We've got the new 1300 GS. We can be happy with that for a while. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, a good one. <laughs> Ryan, it was really good talking to you, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. You're welcome, Sean. It was a pleasure to be here. <laughs> we very much hope you have enjoyed this episode. We want to hear from you, so please rate, comment, and share your thoughts about this podcast. We have many more episodes on the way, so please subscribe, follow along, and share your requests for future episodes of the BMW Motorrad Ride and Talk podcast.